Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness Podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to episode 43 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I'm Erica, and I'm thrilled to have you here. If you've been listening for a little while, thank you. And if this is your first time joining me, welcome. So today I wanted to talk about something that came up on um, social media as a result of something that I said in a post. And I think it's a really interesting idea that would be worthy of exploring. But I am going to preface it by saying that it's an idea that I work with constantly, but I'm not entirely sure that I've fully, you know, grasped it. I'm working with it all the time. But if I'm like a little bit, "Mm," um, it's because it's something that I'm still playing with and trying to figure out. So, what am I talking about? On During the week, I did a little post about painting my fingernails. Now, that might sound really frivolous, and that was kind of the point. In this post, I talked about the fact that like, I, I very rarely do things like that. I very rarely paint my nails. I very rarely pop into the bath. And one of the reasons why that is, is because for a very long time, I have believed sort of deep down in my psyche that those things were a waste of time. I very much have that, you know, in order to be worthy, I have to be busy kind of mentality um, and I have to be productive. And that's something that, you know, as a yoga teacher is is kind of an interesting thing to hold alongside my desire to be, you know, calm and um, present and mindful and all of these things. And so it's an idea, you know, it's a, it's a belief system that I'm in the process of dismantling. And as a result, I sat down to paint my nails the other day and, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it just for the pure pleasure of having colourful fingernails. And it it meant way more than just painting my fingernails because there was like a diff- a completely different energy. Like I, you know, I one of the reasons I never would do it was because like, oh, A, it's a waste of time, but also they're going to be chipped within like five minutes and then what's the point? And they are chipped. They chipped within a few minutes because I washed the dishes and, you know, whatever. Um, But in this post, I wasn't actually going to talk about the whole fingernail thing. But anyway, in this post, I also mentioned that doing the dishes and cleaning the toilets was also part of my self-care. And someone commented and said, how How is doing the dishes and cleaning toilets part of your self-care? And so I want to try and explain that because I think that this is a really vital thing to consider. So self-care over time, for some reason, we have come to see it as these very almost superficial acts, right? Like painting your fingernails, hopping in the bath. Um, Not to say that they're superficial, but we've sort of created this belief, I suppose, that they are the actions, right? They're going to get a massage, they're um, hopping in the bath, they're sitting down to read a book. 
But what I have found in my own experience, and certainly for that of other people around me as well, is that it's not actually enough to go through the motions. The motions are not the thing that nourishes you and how you feel. What actually nourishes you is the way that you're kind of offering those activities to yourself. So to make more sense of that, the way that I used to do that was through a lens of shame and guilt. I would feel so guilty for taking time out to do something that was just for me, that was not productive, that might not even work, that was, you know, useful to anyone but me. And so shock horror didn't really work. It made me feel no better. Sometimes it made me feel worse. And I'd, you know, downed 120 bucks for a massage or whatever it was. And I'd be like, what is going on? And it wasn't until I realized that the thing that was missing was kindness and like the intention behind doing it had to be matched by the way that I was sort of treating myself. And that changed everything. And that is what links toilet cleaning with baths and painting fingernails. Because what I came to recognize was that it's my responsibility to treat myself well. It's truly my responsibility to make that a priority. And it's my responsibility to choose how I use my time. And so the reality is I could choose not to do any work. I could choose not to clean the house. I could choose not to do the dishes. I have that choice. There are outcomes. <laughs> there, there are repercussions to that. You know, I'll live in filth and, and um, you know, my business will fail. Um, but I do have the choice, Right. And when I started looking at these day-to-day activities like cleaning bathrooms, doing the dishes, folding the washing, all of these things, when I started to look at them through this lens of, you know, I get to choose, that shifted things hugely because suddenly I could see that choosing towards some of these things was actually a really kind choice sometimes. And sometimes choosing not to do them was the kind choice. And I think this is where the crux of this whole concept lies. And and I'm going to go a little bit deeper into that because I think it's important to point this out. This is very different to shooting about these activities. So we all, you know, have been in that place where it's like, oh, I should do the housework. I should do that yoga class. I should do whatever. Should is such a painful motivator. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't get us where we want to go. It doesn't, it's just not nice. And when it comes to these sort of chore-like things, which, you know, anything can feel like a chore when you should it, we can get really obsessive, I think, about what things look like, right? The aesthetics of things. And this is not what I'm talking about. So if it's like, I just have to have a clean house because I can't deal with it being any other way, that is not necessarily kind. That is not necessarily that sort of responsive, like, oh, would it be kinder for me to just chill out right now? Or would it be kinder for me to get this done so that then I don't have to think about it later or whatever? Like, you know, there's so many ways to look at this. Um, But this is, I think, why I sort of said at the start, like, bear with me a little bit, because this is an idea I'm still playing with. And I think this is why I think this is why it's a, a concept that's slippery, because the line between turning this into shoulds, like, you know, is so fine. And the line between I'm doing this because it 
it feels kind, like I'm cleaning up the house because it feels kind to my mental health versus I'm doing this because I can't deal with it being any other way. That line is fine. It's really fine. And so it's a, it's a thing that I play with in my mind often. Um, but that's why I think we can, you know, say that doing the dishes and, and cleaning the toilets is part of our self-care in the same way that we can say doing that yoga class is my self-care in the same way that all of those things can be anti-self-care if we're beating ourselves up in the process. And knowing whether we're beating ourselves up in the process or whether we're really responding from a place of kindness is tricky. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's hard to tell. And so that's where this, you know, being patient with ourselves, really starting to notice and listen to the words that we're using and be curious. And we sometimes won't get it, you know, quote unquote, right. And that is okay. But the goal is just to continue to explore in the direction of kindness, to choose in the direction of kindness as often as we can. And I have found (laughs) some of the time, at least, I'm not going to say it happens 100% of the time, but I have found that this has made all of those things that used to be shoulds far more palatable. You know, I don't talk about I should do a load of washing. It's like, well... I'm going to choose to do a load of washing because I'd rather have this load done now than, you know, 25 loads in three days. And the other thing is that it doesn't all have to sit with us either, right? So, like, the kind thing can sometimes be like, hey, you, go put on this load of washing for me, please. I could do with some help. And so this is not about becoming a martyr either. Um, but yeah, I just sort of wanted to, to put that idea out there, I suppose, that when we recognize that we have both choice and responsibility for how we use our time, then we get to pull ourselves out of should. I mean, really, there is nothing in this, there's very little really in this world that you don't have a choice over whether you do it or not. Yes, there are outcomes. Yes, there are repercussions to choosing not to do these things. Um, but we do have a choice. And so recognizing that, yeah, you don't actually have to do those dishes right now. Nothing's, you know, really not, not much bad's going to happen if you choose not to do the dishes. But if you want to choose in that direction because it feels like the kind option towards you, go for it. If it's a punishment, though, look again. <laughs> um, and I think it's all in the way that we, we talk to ourselves about these things. It's all in the language and um, it's all in the intention behind it. So, you know, we're, we're not doing it to be perfect. We're not doing it to give off a particular image of the way that we'd like to be perceived. We're doing it purely to to be kind to ourselves, to to help us feel the way that we want to feel. So I hope that makes some sense. I'm conscious that sometimes I play with ideas that just seem a little bit random, but I I hope that makes sense. And I hope that it gives you something to play with in your own life and, you know, tying it back to movement, as I always like to do, this applies hundred percent to movement. Your movement practice may not be contributing to your self-care if it is always a should. If it is always a source of, you know, guilt that you're not doing something more productive for somebody other than you. So choose in the direction of kindness, choose, you know, to nurture yourself, not just in the activity itself, but in the way that you approach it. 
All right. Come over and find me and let me know what you think about that. I'd be curious to, to hear how it lands. You can find me over on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb Yoga and I'll talk to you again really soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Web Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.